podcast is part of the Sports Social Podcast Network. Welcome back to Across the Pond. Thank you so much for joining me for this very special show. Uh, interview coming up with uh, Joe. Um, can't wait to do that. Uh, remember, if you want to get in touch with the show at any time, uh, you can get us on email, atp at cjd.me.uk. Uh, we're on Twitter as well, at ATP SportsPod. And if you search for Across the Pond uh, on Facebook as well. Um, but let's uh, uh, not wait around and get on with the show. With that then, and then we'll, we'll get going. Right, everyone, so as promised, um, I have a very special guest with us uh, today, which is why we did two shows. Um, so we've got Joe, uh, who is literally across the pond um, and all the other way across the United States. Um, so he's in Northern California. Um, Joe um, was a former um, uh, Cal football player. He was a, a running back uh, for the Cal Bears. Um, he's also covered um, in Salt Lake City. Uh, the University of Utah football and basketball teams uh, way back when Urban Meyer was the coach uh, of the football team, uh, covering that with Call Radio. Uh, so, welcome to the show, Joe. Uh, Thank great, you, James. Great it's a pleasure you. to be here. Yeah, um, my very first guest as well, so um, this uh, is going to be a good one. Um, so, I thought what we would do um, is you are a big baseball fan. So I thought we yeah. would uh, start off with baseball. Um, so one thing I've always been really interested to know is uh, baseball is, is, is kind of classed as America's favorite pastime. Like American football is America's game, um, but baseball is kind of America's favorite pastime. What is it about baseball um, that has that romance of it just kind of chilled out and just watching a game of baseball? Well, I think I think a lot of that is just uh, it's a summer game, first of all, um, and it's uh, there's a lot of games compared to most sports, 162 games. Yeah, but, but I think it's I think it's just it, it's a family thing. I mean, baseball was always a family thing. When in fact, the very first game I ever went to, my dad took me um, at the Old Crosley Field where the Cincinnati Reds played. Uh, which is no longer. Yeah. Uh, but it's uh, it's that is the camaraderie. It's hot dogs. It's you know, it's just a it's just a um, uh, a gathering of everybody that has the same goal. And it's uh, somewhat slow moving. So you just, you know, you just kick back and have a nice three hours in the sun. Yeah, I mean, I've got to say, uh, I was over a couple of years back, um, and you took me to my first ever um, baseball game. Uh, it was yep. a preseason game between the Oakland A's and the San Francisco Giants. And I have to say, there was a lot of people walking around j just before the game, and they were, oh, I've not seen you in ages. How are you doing? Oh, where are your seats yep. this year? Uh, and <laughs> there was a lot of that. Oh, we'll meet up for a beer later on. And th there was definitely a lot of that. It did have a very a very family feel to it because um, other kids were talking to kids and families and were kind of mulling around together. So it, it is def I definitely got that when I was there. It is very much a family sport um, and everyone is there for the, for the atmosphere as much as the game, if that makes sense. 
Oh, it's very, it's very traditional. And it, and it, uh, there's not a lot of changes. I mean, there's, you know, there's been subtle changes, like they're trying to speed it up now, things like that, but the game's still the game and yeah. it's, it's, it's never changed. Uh, football's changed over the years. Uh, basketball's definitely changed over the years. Um, so it, it, it just, it, it's comfortable. Yeah. I think that's what I'm looking for. And it's, Everybody has a home team for yeah. the most part. Yes. Yeah. So. Well, because there are so many teams um, and they are spread out uh, across the states. Um, I think as well, um, when you're talking about um, everyone having that kind of home team, um, everyone does. I mean, over, over in Scotland, you'll see people wearing Yankees hats. Um, <laughs> I bet they've never even heard who the Yankees are. They just like the design on, on the baseball cap. <laughs> Um, I've got a friend who, who lived in New York for a couple of years. Uh, his name's Neil, and it's one of his pet hates because um, he is a Yankees fan because he lived there, um, and that was the first game he went to. Uh, much like myself, first game I went to was at the Oakland Coliseum. Um, so I picked the, the A's um, for, for that particular reason. Um, they didn't win that day that, that we went, um, but I've got to say they're doing pretty well this season. <laughs> uh, they're having they're having a hell of a year for sure. Um, so one thing I wanted to touch on um, is, is obviously baseball that's happening on just now. Um, there there was a big story. Your team is the LA Dodgers, um, yep. and one of the big stories just now is the issues surrounding a certain World Series. Uh, where, <laughs> you mean you mean our World Series? Your World Series, uh, where the Houston Astros um, were accused of cheating and found guilty um, of, of that. Um, now, obviously, the, the Astros and uh, Dodgers have met since, um, and uh, you had a player, Joe Kelly, um, yep. threw a ball at uh, an Astro player rather than his yep. bat. Um, he got an eight-game suspension, uh, Joe Kelly. Yep. He's actually recently, uh, just today, uh, been on a podcast. Um, not this one, sadly, but he has been on a podcast yeah. Uh, yeah. calling the Houston Astros a bunch of rats yeah. uh, and cheats, obviously. And they are. Because <laughs> um, we talked about the tradition of the game, um, of baseball, which is a big tradition that it goes way back when. Um, firstly, why did you pick the Dodgers? And secondly, how much does it hurt knowing that, it, first of all, you lost the World Series, but then to lose it in that manner? Well, I think the hardest thing for me is I, I've spent most of my life in the San Francisco Bay Area. So uh, people can't figure out how I became a Dodger fan <laughs> with all the giant fans around here. Yeah. And so that's uh, that. It is kind of bizarre because most of the baseball games I went to throughout my life was at Candlestick Park in the San Francisco Giants. But there was uh, there was this little skinny Jewish pitcher, and his name was Sandy Koufax. And I just I, I fell in love with Sandy Koufax, the way he played and the way the Dodgers played back then, when they had Maury Wills and Tommy Davis and uh, Drysdale Koufax. I got him hanging on my wall right here. Uh, <laughs> They, uh, it, it's just the way they played. They didn't play like normal teams, like the Giants. Uh, you know, Giants were a power team and, you know, what's hit a lot of home runs. Uh, the Dodgers had the best pitching and they had to scrap for their runs. They had Maury Wills bunting all the time, stealing 104 bases. Uh, I don't know. I just, I just fell in love with the Dodgers and been a Dodger fan ever since. 
Awesome. And what about this World Series? This, I mean, Rob Manford, the um, commissioner, yeah. came out and said it's just a bit of metal, which probably <laughs> at that time and any time really um, was the absolute worst thing to say. Well, when you when you grew up in the Bay Area and they won they won three World Series in the last what is it ten years something like that, which are the only three they've ever won. By the way, yeah, it's since they moved to San Francisco. And the Dodgers have won five. So, but uh, I'm tired of hearing, well, you haven't won one since 1988. So being around here, it's especially, um, it's it's in the wound. The wound is not healing because we have to hear it all the time. Uh, but then we had that one. And if it wasn't a close World Series, it might be different. Yeah. But that went right down, that went right down to the end. It did. And uh and in the end, it's it's and when you look at them now, uh, what are the Astros hitting? They're hitting below 200, I think, as a team right now. Yeah, so I guess it's a little well. more difficult when you don't get the warning of what the pitch is coming. So uh, <laughs> we're not we're, we're not happy about it. Let's put it that way. And we uh, the little incident with Joe Kelly. I mean, he didn't hit the guy, first of all. Second of all, if that was Don Drysdale pitching in 1962, that would have been a standard issue pitch to get the guy off the plate. So that part of baseball has changed a little bit. Uh, but but to get eight games out of that, didn't hit the guy, didn't charge, you know, like Laureano, yeah. uh, charge the dugout, which was valid. I would have too. Um, it, it's just crazy. I, I don't yeah. know what I don't know what baseball what Manfred's doing. So, so I, I watched that. Uh, you talked about Loreno there. Um, I watched that game, um, and also kind of rewatched it just to see that particular instance. Yeah. Um, so again, Astros involved. Um, one of the A's players was up to bat. He was ready to go. Ball strikes him. Um, some words are exchanged uh, between Loreno and the Astros bench. That uh, was their their coach. Um, one thing that was noticeable is obviously the Dodgers. Um, uh, player Kelly got quite a, a decent ban. I mean, it's got to remember, it's only a 60-game season. Yeah. So eight games is actually quite a lot. Um, yep. Whereas Loreo didn't really get that big of a ban, uh, but the coach of the Astros got a pretty hefty ban. I mean, he's not playing, obviously, um, so it doesn't really affect their playing staff. But he got 20 games, which which is pr- quite a lot, really, compared to what Loreno got. And he was the one that Good. ran at the dugout. Good. I'm glad he did. But, <laughs> so, you know, when you, when you look at the Kelly uh, versus Loreno, um, that hurts the A's a lot more because Kelly doesn't pitch every day. No. So, you know, that's five games that he might not have pitched at all anyway. Yeah. <laughs> uh, Loreno, uh, he's uh, that's a, a, a key player and mm-hmm. he will miss five full games. Yes. So. I mean, he, he's been he's been outstanding so far as part of this run that the A's have had um, out at center field. Um uh, and he, I think he's hitting two thirty three. So um, he's he has started this season particularly well. He's he's only twenty six as well, um, which is is young for a baseball player. So he is definitely someone who's up and coming. Uh, one one person I wanted to talk. You can't talk about the the Dodgers, whether they're in Brooklyn or in LA, uh, without talking about Jackie Robinson. Yep, uh, Jackie Robinson. Uh, I've seen the film uh, forty one. Um, he, I mean, he basically changed baseball uh, back in 1947. Um, and obviously at that point, they had leagues for 
players of color, um, and they had Major League Baseball. Um, he was the first uh, to make that kind of crossover. Um, and if you watch the film, um, I, I don't really know how the film colorates to, to real life, uh, but I'm hoping you can kind of expand on that for me. Well, hopefully, or, or hopefully, uh, what I've heard from Rachel Robinson is it was pretty spot on. Mm-hmm. Um, but, you know, Jackie wasn't, you hear um, a lot of players from the old Negro Leagues uh, speak about Jackie Robinson, and, and they, don't, they don't put him down. Uh, they, they love Jackie Robinson, but the one thing that they almost always say is he wasn't the best player in the Negro Leagues. Um, and he was, he was very good. But he was, um, there were a lot of players, according to old timers, that were better than Jackie. Yeah. But what Jackie, the advantage for Jackie was he went to UCLA. Yeah. Um, he played football and baseball. Uh, he uh, uh, very well educated and he had a demeanor about him. Uh, so he was, he was good enough. But uh, O'Malley knew that he would be able to handle it because he knew what he was going to have to go through and what he had gone through, even in college. Fortunately, he was going to college in California, so it wasn't quite as bad as far as the racism goes. But Mm -hmm. uh, he just figured he could handle it. And if he's the guy, then uh, let's give it a go. And And O'Malley was the, the owner, is that right? Yes. Yeah. Um, So he was the owner of the Dodgers. And, and in that film, there are, um, chats around, you know, O'Malley bringing in this player to Brooklyn, um, which is obviously, as you say, is uh, a world away from California back at, in those yep. days. Um, so that must have been very tough uh, for him. And obviously, I think he got, he moved around house a couple of times uh, when he yep. played for Brooklyn because people kept finding out where he lived and people were throwing bricks through windows and all that kind of thing. Obviously, that was back in 1947. Um, sadly, obviously, as we'll discuss later, um, we still have this issue. Maybe not quite like it was back in 1947, but um, what does Jackie Robinson mean to the Dodgers specifically? Obviously, it was Brooklyn he played for, and the Dodgers moved was a- after he retired. Um, but he was obviously a big part of Dodgers history. You know, I, I think the biggest thing for Jackie and, and the Dodgers and Dodger fans was how uh, he was an activist and he was an activist for good. And I, I think what he represented was just that. And not too many guys were doing that. I mean, you uh, most of, of most of the black players that came into the league were uh, pretty well just happy to be there at the time. And they had to go through the same stuff. Jackie was first, but they had to go through the same stuff. But I think, I think why Jackie is so special to Dodger fans is everything we just said, but the fact that he really stood for something and he, and he never backed down. I mean, he he was consistent and uh, he was, um, it, it was a virtue. Jackie Robinson was a virtue for the Dodgers. And, and that's something you see through the film, actually, quite a lot through the film, is he wasn't someone who backed down. I mean, I think Chadwick Boseman uh, did a, an excellent job um, playing Jackie Robinson uh, yeah. in the film. And like I say, that, that is definitely something that you get um, throughout the film. 
um, is that, yeah, he, he's not backing down. I mean, the t- some of the times I mentioned that he, he got moved house and things, um, he was like, no, I'm not moving. Why should I move? Um, yeah. And it was actually the team were like, no, no, seriously, let's 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 move you on because we, <laughs> you know, we we need you playing baseball because you're really good. So, um, yeah, I, I think that's something that uh, Jackie Robinson wasn't someone I was aware of until a few years ago, um, until you and I uh, chatted at length, um, and then certainly when I watched the film, um, yeah. I I was like more and more impressed. And actually, that film probably more than Field of Dreams. Um, kind of made me a bit more kind of nostalgic for baseball. Um, I started watching kind of older games and things um, just to see how the game was played back then. Um, so in terms of this season, though, um, Major League Baseball is obviously doing the 60-game season. They're not doing it in a bubble like um, some sports um, right. have done it and have done it very successfully. Um the Miami Marlins have caused some issues. The Phillies have had some issues. Cincinnati as well, or St. Louis, sorry, um, have had some issues with COVID-19 and positive tests. Um, what are your kind of hopes for the MLB season as it stands at the moment? Well, I hope they keep playing. And and uh, I want I don't care if it's 60 games or if it's 20 games. I want the, I want the trophy. <laughs> so that's it. So the Dodgers are winning the trophy. Yeah, I mean, you know, that's that's pretty simple there. Uh no, I, I, I just I just hope I I just hope they get to continue to play. Uh and you know, it'd be nice to have the fans there. It does add something to it. The Dodgers have done a very good job if you if you watch a Dodger game at bringing the fan noise into uh, the stadium when they play at home. That's something uh, that a lot of teams have been working on. Although one thing that does freak me out is the cardboard cutouts. Oh, the Dodgers. <laughs> uh, have you seen the Dodgers stadium? I've not seen the, the Dodgers since I think opening day. Yeah, it's it's pretty full. We were watching it last night and we were pretty amazed at how many cardboard cutouts there are. Because you buy those. I mean, people buy those yeah, to, yeah. to do I, that. Yeah. I don't know if all teams are doing it the same, but I know certainly Oakland are basically donating that money to charity. Um, right. People are basically auctioning off seats. Yeah. Um, and the money goes to charity. I don't think all teams are doing that. Um, but I think it's... The, the, Dodgers, the Dodgers are doing that, yeah. The Dodgers are doing that too, yeah. So yeah. Um, I would imagine it's probably a it's probably something that everyone's doing um, because I think it's probably the, the right thing to do, especially in the times that we're having just now. Um, so really... Well, teams have, not to interrupt, but teams have always complained about um, the Dodgers um, system, sound system, if you will, uh-huh. about how loud it is. Uh-huh. And uh, and it is. <laughs> <laughs> it's quite imposing. Uh, but it's... Uh, they're doing it just like they were if there were fans there. We have an organist whose name is Dieter. I forgot his last name, uh, but uh, he's, he's, he's excellent. So the, one of the few teams that still have a, a real organist there and he's, he's very creative. And so it's when you're watching the game, um, it, it, it hasn't really changed with all those cutouts and, yeah. and the music and the announcements and, uh, it you know it's just like watching a game. Well, that's what I've noticed about the NBA. Um, the NBA took all the sound systems uh, and recordings that you would usually hear 
um, like the Boston Celtics, for for example, have the um, yeah. kind of sound going on uh, throughout their games when they play at home. Um, and the NBA's done quite a good job of taking all those sounds from all these arenas. Um, and when it's a home game playing, they, they make sure that those sounds kind of get played. So it, although everyone knows they're playing in a bubble and they're nowhere near their home city, um, right. at least they, they kind of get the feel that, yeah, this feels a bit like home at least. Yeah, it's it's it makes it it makes it more entertaining to watch. That's for sure. It does. Um, instead of just hearing squeaky trainers on the on the on the court. Um, moving uh, on uh, from baseball, um, there's been some big news in college uh, football. Um, yep. uh, your Cow Bears uh, playing the Pac-12. Yep. Um, they have decided. Am I right in saying not to play the season this year? Yeah, uh, along with the Big Ten. Um, they're two major conferences. Um, obviously, there's the Big 12, the SEC, uh, and so on. Uh, the Big 12... The Big 12 announced they're going to play. Yeah, that's right. So um, I've seen that a couple hours ago. They're, they're going to play. Um, they've not really outlined how they're going to play this. Um, yeah. There's been talk of, would they all maybe just go to a couple of cities and play games in the one stadium, or will they travel? Um, I think the issue for me is these are colleges, which means they're on college campuses, which means they're college kids. And like any college kid, you want the full kind of college experience, if you like, um, which means you go out drinking with your friends. Um, And as we've seen in Scotland, um, Aberdeen Football Club um, and Celtic Football Club have both been in trouble over here because their players went out drinking. Um, yeah. and socialising. Um, now, th- those games have now been postponed. Um, it wasn't even the, the governing body that postponed them. It was the um, government that said, you can't play these games um, because we need you guys to stop. Um, it just so happened, unfortunately, that Aberdeen is also going through a bit of an increase in uh, COVID-19 numbers, um, which obviously didn't help the situation as well. Um but with these college, having a, having, but having a pint in Scotland, I mean, can you play uh, football without having a pint? I used to play with at least two pints in me. So exactly. <laughs> so, so what's the difference? Very, very true. Uh, probably the alcohol probably help, and pro- probably a lot better <laughs> than any bleach would. Um, <laughs> so, but the college experience is there. Um, you, you've went through it when you were at yeah. Cal, um, and how difficult will it be or would it be to separate these players? And it's a big squad of players. It's not, it's like, was it 50 in a college team? Oh, you, at, a, at a home game, you could have 90 people on the sidelines. They're, yeah. they're not all, they're not all playing. But yeah. 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 You'll have a, a coaches uh, uh, and fitness staff and all this kind of stuff. So, I mean, that's even that in itself it is a logistical nightmare. Um, oh, the locker the the locker room will be a petri dish. Mm-hmm. I mean, that's 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 the problem with football. There's so many there's so many players that I just don't see how they're going to um, get through the locker room and and not have any incidents. So so far, only the Big Twelve have said they're playing the SEC because right. I, I was very much of the opinion the other day that after the Big Ten came out, and and I think it was only a couple hours later the Pac twelve came out. Uh, and said they weren't going to play. Um, right. I actually thought that the others would kind of, well, pretty much fall into line 
um, and go down the same route and say, look, not going to play just now. We're going to try again in spring um, and play spring football. Um, obviously, that throws up a lot of other kind of issues with NFL drafts for senior players and so on. But um, I think obviously the schools were thinking more safety than, than I, anything I, else. I hate to. I hate to throw money in this, but um, you guys don't have uh, in the UK. You don't have college sport or you know college sport like not like in America, football. no. Right, and so what? I don't think that a lot of people understand that college football actually carries all the other sports financially. Mm-hmm. I mean, the teams teams make their um, all, all athletic departments. Uh, with the exception of basketball, but even basketball is not nearly as big as college football. Not, not as far as fans go going to the game. Yeah. And so the money that they, that they bring in carries the swim team, carries the tennis team, carries uh, women's sports. And without that income coming in, there's going to be a lot of sports that are going to be dropped from schools. Yeah. That, that was one thing I did here today is, um, so the, the Pac-12 and the Big Ten, the, the question would be, do the, do the other sports have enough money to keep them going till springtime in the hope yep. that they kick off a season? Because um, like you see, even the basketball teams, basketball teams, college basketball has a big television rights contract as well, yes. but yep. not nearly as big as the, the college football one, um, which is where they can, the basketball side can make most of their money because they don't have arenas quite as big as um, maybe the Cow Bears stadium where they play. So um, I think it'll be very difficult for them to to play this, and it'll be interesting to see how it is that they go about trying to play this. And basketball's indoor as well, so that makes it uh, a little bit different um, as far as COVID-related. Yeah, so I think the, the, the Big Ten definitely – and I think maybe the Pac-12 have said that there's basically no sports whatsoever um, until spring. Uh, I think they're right. going for like a, a full body approach. Um, I know the NCAA seem to be sitting on their hands, nothing new there. Um, but I think that, yeah, I think those those conferences have, have kind of taken the view as, like, if we're going to start football, which is outdoors, um, then, yeah, we probably need to stop um all other sports as well because they can't go into a bubble or they're certainly not going to go into a bubble um kind of leads us on to the nfl yep um so i think jerry jones came out today and said he's going to have fans in in the stadium um (laughs) wow that's your guy not my guy i know i I do cringe now and again um (laughs) now jerry jones went into a press conference or interviews and he all he wanted to talk about was dak prescott and all he got was questions about so how's your season going to go uh with covid um so yeah he's basically said he wants to have fans in the stadium now he said clusters of 15 um yeah he's not really kind of outlined any more than that um the only thing I would say about the Dallas Stadium is it holds what is it like 120,000 people. Yes. Uh, so there's a lot of space. Um, there's a lot of real estate in that stadium. Uh, but then on the flip side, you had the Washington football team come out and say no fans whatsoever. Um, these two teams play in the same division. Um, would it be fair to have fans at one game and not fans at the other? Oh, that's a good question. Um, 
I guess well, I, I guess it would be up to the owners in the end. Mm-hmm. And Jerry Jones is probably the most powerful owner. Yeah. Uh, uh, a lot of people um, they don't uh, they don't try to take him on since Al Davis died. Um, they used to go head to head pretty well. Yeah. The, um, the I don't know. That's a good question, James. Uh, is it fair? Uh, not fair to the fans, I guess. But it's um, yeah. I, I I would say it's a team a team issue. If if Goodell doesn't come out and do something, yeah. The Goodell, other the other thing as well is you've got the state issues. So some states um, have still got lockdown in certain cities yep. and so on. So even just kind of looking further afield across the the whole of the NFL, uh, say for example. New York. Um, So you've got the two big New York teams there. Um, They were in lockdown for quite some time. Don't think they're quite out of it yet. Um, So for them to have fans into a stadium probably isn't a great idea, given what they've gone through. And I don't think the governor would go for it. Um, Texas is obviously (laughs) its, its own state. Um, and acts as its own state. Um, it's probably why they call it the Lone Star State because um, yep. it stands alone. Um, but they have obviously different rules as to Nebraska, as does uh, California. Um, and even when you go into states, I mean, it can be broken up between a county or even cities. So um, I think that's one that's going to be difficult. And, and we're only a couple of weeks away from the season. Um, it starts very soon. Um, some good news, though, um, and on the NFL here in the UK is Sky Sports just signed a, a massive five-year deal um, with the NFL. They've been showing oh, the yeah. they've been showing the NFL in the UK for twenty-five years. Um, they're going to go for thirty uh, because they've signed this five-year deal, uh, and it also means that for the first time ever. Uh, internationally, um, the NFL have a dedicated sports channel outside of the US. Um, so obviously you guys get NFL Network. Um, we're pretty much going to get our own version of that. Um, That's awesome. So it'll carry five live games a week, um, plus Red Zone, and you'll get things like uh, Hard Knocks and um, Good Morning Football. Um, all those kind of shows are all going to be shown um, throughout the season, um, I think they launched the channel on the third of September, um, so just over a week before the actual season starts. Um, so that that is some good news. Um, That's great news. Because uh, let's just hope they can get a season together <laughs> and yeah. actually play. Because um, obviously, one thing that I've noticed is there's a lot of opting out of, of players, um, especially if you're a New England Patriots fan. You're probably not looking forward to watching your defense this year. <laughs> uh, but that's a whole whole other story. Uh, I don't, I'm going to be very interested in watching the quarterback, though. Yeah, I mean, I've just been listening to a, a, a podcast series uh, on The Ringer um, all about Cam Newton. Um, I'm about halfway through. Um, he, he's had a very interesting, colourful life um, thus far. Um, I'm just that up to where he lost the Super Bowl um, and obviously how he dealt with that. Um, yeah. I actually think Belichick could be what Cam Newton needs. And what Cam, oh, I agree. What Cam I agree. didn't have before, as a he didn't, I think at um, where was it Auburn when he was at Auburn, he mm-hmm. had a coach there 
that respected the hell out of him and he respected the hell out of the coach. Um, yeah. and, and I think there, that could be a, a match made in heaven. Um, so Tom Brady better watch out. He might not be um, <laughs> heading for the Super Bowl this year uh, in Tampa, uh, although Tampa are, are tipped um, to, very, at the minimum, make the playoffs. So um, and we, we had a bit of news up here in the Bay Area, too. Uh, the Niners... Um, uh, ex, uh, signed up uh, Kittle for another five years for $75 million. I did see that. Uh, that's that's a massive deal because he he kind of um, wasn't supposed to be at college playing football uh, from what I could see. He was, um, he was basically given the last scholarship that was available um, at yeah. the school that he went to. Um, so that, that could have turned out very differently. Um, and, and look where he is now, um, signing a big five-year deal with the Niners, so F49ers. So, Niners. so um, no, that's great news uh, for them. Yeah, I, I mean, when, when, they, when they drafted uh, George, um, they drafted his quarterback too, and I, his name escapes me now. Um, Bethard? No, not Bethard. Anyway, uh, but they drafted uh, his quarterback from Iowa, mm-hmm. and then they drafted George uh, a couple of draft picks later. Uh, but the Niners have just been with this new regime. They have just been awesome mm-hmm. in their in their recognition of um, unrecognized players. Let's yeah. put it that way. Well, there's been some big contracts being kicked around this season um, so far. Um, so um, between Mahomes and his tight end Kelsey, um, yep. apparently they're working on a framework for a new deal for him. Um, don't know quite what that means, but um, probably means a lot of money, I'd imagine, coming out of Kansas City's budget. Um, but what we'll do now is we'll uh, head out for a break, um, yep. and then we'll talk. Uh, welcome back. So we're still with Joe. He, he's still across the pond in California. I'm still in Edinburgh. Um, so we're going to talk WNBA. Um, we're going to talk Atlanta Dream. Uh, the owner of the Atlanta Dream, she owns 49%, is also running for her office, Kelly Loeffler. Um, she's trying to make herself out at the moment to be a victim and, and trying to force the WNBA to make her basically sell her share in the team. Um, Loeffler has been, um, she's got a bit of a rhetoric about her and, and she's not hiding it. Uh, Donald Sterling, former owner of the LA Clippers, um, he got caught on tape uh, that was released to the media um, saying racist remarks about Magic Johnson and, and so on. Um, but Loeffler, although she's maybe not saying about certain people, um, she de- definitely doesn't support Black Lives Matters. Um, she's a petulant supporter of Donald Trump. Yep. Um, and she's really just, she is showing an explicit anti-black rhetoric that that has not gone well with her team. Her team wore t-shirts um, and her, her the opponents, I think it was the, the Phoenix team, uh, wore t-shirts basically in support of her opponent uh, for the Senate seat that she's contesting. Um, in the States just now, sport is back um the wnba is back women's basketball has been on an upswing over the last couple of years does this hurt the wnba in any way um i think it's going to turn out to be something like donald sterling down in san diego or not san diego uh the la clippers Mm -hmm. uh because uh, do you remember all the 
all the stuff that uh, went on with him. I don't think it'll hurt the WNBA. Mm-hmm. Uh, I, I think it definitely hurts her team. And with everything that's been going on, I mean, she had a uh, she, she had some uh, problems with uh, some uh, stocks and things like that that she um, shouldn't have sold when they were sold. It was kind of convenient. Um, <laughs> But she's also losing. She's uh, trailing in her race for re-election right now, too, as far as the uh, primary goes. So it's hurting her big time. And I think as well, I think one thing that has been uh, kind of outspoken is that the WNBA have been quite staunch in their kind of resolute kind of, no, we are supporting Black Lives Matter. We're supporting our players. Um, they, they, you might own the team but they effectively, if you didn't have players, and that's one thing that hasn't happened. The players haven't walked out. No. Uh, and back, as you mentioned, Donald Sterling and the LA Clippers, uh, that happened on the night of a playoff game uh, when it yep. was announced that Donald Sterling had made some racist remarks about uh, Magic Johnson. Um, that happened on the eve of a playoff game. Um, you had guys like Matt Barnes and, and uh, someone like him, you would have thought, I'm not playing. I'm walking away. I'm not playing for that guy. Um, yeah. But what the players decided to do, very much uh, like the WNBA players, um, they wore blank white T-shirts. They didn't show any kind of team logo or, or anything like that. Um, I, I suppose the the coming out with T-shirts supporting your political opponent, does that make the players look clever? Or, or, <laughs> or does it just kind of, it's just a bit of a stunt? Well, you, you know who her opponent is, right? Uh, yeah, so I, I had him up earlier because um, I was looking at that race as well. Um, and yeah. I've shut it down on me, but um, oh, who was it? Because she took over his, from his, Saxby Campbell. Yeah, well, his, his name, yeah, Saxby Campbell, yeah. But uh, uh, her opponent is uh, the um, uh, preacher from the Ebenezer Baptist Church, uh, Warnock. Mm-hmm. And he's uh, he's running against her, so it's kind of interesting with her with her comments. And uh, I think the team is probably doing the right thing in hopes that uh, this will this will get rid of her yeah. easier than walking out. Mm-hmm. Yeah, because I mean, and but that's what she wants. I mean, she wants to to be effectively kicked out. She's basically asking to be kicked out, so that's okay. so she can play the victim card. That's okay. Is that going to work? Um, it works for Trump sometimes. <laughs> Very true. Um, another thing that's happened in WNBA recently um, is obviously, like many sports, um, you were allowed to opt out of playing um, for medical reasons and, and safety. Um, the WNBA went into a bubble, uh, much like their male counterparts. Uh, one player in particular, Elena Deladon, um, was told that she would not be paid by the WNBA um, because they didn't feel that her condition uh, warranted her not playing. Um, The Washington uh, Mystics, who is the team that she plays for, uh, have decided to pay her wages um, out of their own pocket. Uh, Is that kind of egg on the face of the WNBA? So you're supporting your players in Atlanta, um, but you're not supporting your MVP. Yeah, I, I don't think it's going to turn out to be a big deal, but yeah, I think so. I, 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 it's not a good, it's not a good picture, that's for sure. It was one thing that confused me because, like, if if this was, and it's not, but if it was LeBron James uh, on the male side, and he, he and he had turned around and said, "Look, 
you know, I've, I, I don't want to play. He's got young kids and stuff. So um, yeah. thinking of them, for example, um, with, I mean, could you imagine the NBA not playing LeBron James? Well, I, I, is is that the reason? I, I'm not familiar with uh, so the, the, with what she did. Is it because of COVID? Yeah. So basically, she has a cr- okay. chronic Lyme disease. Um, ah, and, and okay. Right. She has missed games throughout seasons, uh, like odd games here and there, um, because like it's flared up. She takes. Uh, she did a Players Tribune. Um, kind of interview um, and she basically said look I have to take 62 pills a day um, for this chronic Lyme disease um, and on some days I can't even play um, I mean I remember when she played in the playoffs last year she played with a broken back <laughs> um, so it's and she's a great player uh, yeah and, and and she's shown commitment to the WNBA and to the Washington Mystics I, I just felt that it was a little a little bad that they didn't kind of show her that kind of respect in turn. I agree. I agree. Given that condition, I, I was unaware that she had that condition. Yeah. So yeah, I think it's bad show by the WNBA, but like you say, I, I don't think because of everything else going on, I think that one will kind of disappear quite quickly. And I think the yeah. Washington uh, mystics, I was going to say wizards, the Washington mystics and um, coming out really quickly and saying, we're paying her. Um, will probably kind of dull that down as well. So they've probably done the league a favor, uh, if nothing else. I think. I think when when all this settles down, I think that um, I think a lot of the things, the weird things that are going to happen during this period, I think most of them will probably disappear. Yeah. Um, yeah. We'll we'll as sports nuts, we'll <laughs> refer to them once in a while, but I don't think it's going to hurt anybody. No. No. Not at all. Um, so we'll move on to the male counterparts in the National Basketball Association. Um, so over the next two nights, um, in fact, some of the games have, have been played and are being played as we speak. It's the last two days of the NBA's eight game schedule or seeding games, yeah. as they called them. Um, the, the East is pretty much a, a done deal. Um, everyone knows who's playing everyone else. Um, Orlando managed to stave off the Washington Wizards. Um, not that that was going to be difficult, um, given <laughs> the, the team that Washington sent. And they pretty much dumped all their stars in Washington and said, yeah, yeah, you can play a third string team. It's fine. Um, they didn't feel that they had any hope of making it. Um, and they didn't. Um, Orlando took that last spot. They're going to play the Milwaukee Bucks um, in that first round. Good luck. Um, talking about the Milwaukee Bucks, um, yep. so there was an incident um, the other night with the Milwaukee Bucks and the Washington Wizards um, where Giannis Antetokounmpo um, headbutted yep. a, a player on the Washington Wizards, uh, uh, Wagner. Um, he got a one-game ban. Just one. <laughs> One measly game, which he will play, I think, tomorrow night. Um, if Draymond, if that happened to Draymond Green, he'd be out half the season. I was, I wasn't going to mention Draymond Green. I thought you might. <laughs> uh, but, yeah, I mean, I, I, I was a bit shocked at this, this ban. It, it seems a, not slap on the wrist, but more a slap on a pinky. Um, yeah, because he is obviously going to win the MVP. Um, for this year, um, in my mind, anyway. Um, that's that's the NBA protecting uh, the, protecting the playoffs. That's what that is. Yeah, because they they don't want they don't want Giannis out of the uh, out of the playoffs. Because obviously the Milwaukee Bucks are playing Orlando, um, 
and if Orlando yeah. were to get past that first round, which let's be honest, I mean the Milwaukee Bucks are, are pretty loaded through their team. Um, yep. They have Chris Middleton, Paul George, eh, not Paul George, sorry, what's the other guy's name? George Paul? Nope. George. Yeah, yeah. you know what I mean. Uh, so uh, he, I mean, him missing is substantial, but against an, an Orlando Magic team that have won two games. Um, out of these seeding games, probably isn't going to matter that much. I mean, the, the Milwaukee Bucks, in all fairness, have only won three games um, in the bubble. They've not really performed particularly well, um, unlike a team like the uh, Toronto Raptors in the East, um, who have kind of turned around their fortunes. Um, it's amazing to think that they lost Kawhi Leonard uh, to the Los Angeles Clippers, um, everyone thought ah, they'll, they'll be lucky to get an eighth seed, um, and they find themselves in second. But those three those three games really don't mean anything to Milwaukee. No. I mean, they're a top spot anyway, so uh, they, they'll be there. I mean, I, I don't see any way Orlando's going to beat Milwaukee no. you know, based on how they're playing right now. No. And I think Milwaukee have probably been using this as like a preseason tournament more than more yeah. than anything else. And I think it, it shows in some of the performances. Um even the Utah Jazz, um, they, they played a doubleheader last Friday, Saturday. And on the Friday night they basically put out like a third string team. Um and then on the Saturday night they put out their full team. Um because they want to protect their players. Because they are in the playoffs. Like it was already guaranteed that they were in the playoffs. Um so why put your put a Donovan Mitchell or a Rudy Gobert um, at risk. Um, some big news coming out though in the last couple of days. Uh, Russell Westbrook is out for Houston. Um, Good. <laughs> he is out uh, with a, a strained quad. Um, uh, Wait, I'm thinking, I'm I'm feeling sad. <laughs> You're not feeling the Houston Rockets this year. I am. I'm not, I'm not a fan. Needless to say. <laughs> Um, yeah, so he's going to be out. They reckon that he'll be out for most of the first round, um, depending, obviously, how long it goes. Um, they're going to play playing the Oklahoma City Thunder. Now, the interesting thing between these two teams is, obviously, Russell Westbrook went one way. Right. Chris Paul went the other. I'm not a big fan of either. Um, nope. But Oklahoma have guys like Shea Gilgis-Alexander. Um, they have um, Adams. They have a decent nucleus of a team. They do. I, I, and, and without Russell Westbrook, yeah, they'll still have uh, Harden. But well, Harden will get us fifty points. But it, you know, it's I, I, I think I think Houston's the biggest choke team in the league. Now, as a Jazz fan, and as losing to to the Rockets <laughs> at the last couple of years in the playoffs, um, yeah, I, I don't see that for me, because um, they've put us out the last couple of years, but certainly when they've got further into the playoffs, because I've always said that the playoffs intensity gets bigger and bigger and builds and builds and builds yeah. until you obviously yeah. get to the finals, but it's building all the time. I remember an interview with Chris Webber um, back when he was playing for the Kings uh, and he said, wow, it was just amazing playing the playoffs because you turn up for the first game and it's like the, the fans of like taking drugs or something and they're just going absolutely more mental than ever before um so the intensity is up but that's going to be difficult in the bubble because obviously you don't have fans so playing yeah. regular season or seeding games uh in a in a bubble 
with no fans is one thing, but playing in a playoffs, there's no really home court advantage, which is why I think you've seen a lot of teams dump their big stars um, out of games and just play their kind of well. I think players. I think certain I think certain players thrive on that and and don't do as well without. And I think Harden is one of those guys. I also think uh, I heard your uh, part of your podcast from yes, the last one. And you were talking about Pat Beverly yep. and Pat Beverly's another one. And he's, you know, he's a guy that just feeds off yeah. that stuff. I mean, he, he feeds off getting you all riled up, but he's also feeds off getting the crowd riled up. He likes oh, yeah. it when you hate, he, he, he come, he came into Oracle and he just loved it when the, when the uh, dubs fans would uh, get all over him. And it's, there are certain guys that are going to stand out in this that that'll do well without fans. Um, but I, I, there are some guys that just, they just feed off of that and they need, that. I do remember a certain golden state warriors team coming into Salt Lake city uh, in a playoffs yeah. uh, and uh, the golden state warriors. Uh, I think, I think it was Draymond. I think it might have been Draymond said, well, there's nothing to do in Utah. Uh, <laughs> he did. He did say that. Um, and, and right enough, first game at that. that I, used, I used to live there and there is nothing to do there. <laughs> um, I remember the first game of that series uh, and he, <laughs> he he took it. He took it well um, in all fairness. And I think later on he kind of did say he was kind of joking, but um, yeah, he, he is another one of your guys. He's another one. Uh, that likes yep, to that feed. The Tell me something. What do yeah. you think about his new career? Uh, uh, as a reporter, or as a coach, or as <laughs> as, as judge, judge and jury. Uh, well, he's he's best buds with Chuck now um, on, on TNT. <laughs> yeah, yeah. I, 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 you know, that was just being dream on. He doesn't care about the fifty grand. No, I didn't think he did. That's <laughs> uh, <laughs> just dream on being dream on. Yeah, and, and and I think everyone kind of accepted that, but the league had to obviously show that. Yeah. You're an active player. You can't be on TV, any TV, kind of saying a, t- a player, a particular player, needs to get out of there. And, and there's no way that he was he was insinuating to bring Booker to Golden State. Oh, I mean, there's no not. place for Booker at Golden State. So um, he was just – I think he was just talking about his power. Yeah. Uh, effectively, yeah. I mean, I, I, I think I spoke this about this uh, in the last podcast. Um, I mean, where would he play? You've got Thompson. Uh, you've got Curry. They're both going to be back next season. Um, yep. th- there's absolutely no way or a place on that on that roster um, unless you you played three guards, which wouldn't yep. work in the system yep. that the the Warriors play. Right. Um, so Ben Simmons is another player um, who's going to be missing the playoffs uh, for the Philadelphia 76ers. He's just had knee surgery. Um, now they've said they're going to review him in two weeks. Um, but by that point, the uh, 76ers could be gone home anyway. Um, it looks as though that they are going to be playing the Boston Celtics. Um, the Celtics have, have done okay um, and mm-hmm. through these eight games. Uh, they've won five uh, out of three, right. but they just lost this evening. Um, and they lost two. I had this up in front of me a second. Um, they lost to the Washington Wizards. Uh, by six. <laughs> now, again, Boston didn't have much to play for. Um, right. So it probably doesn't mean all that much um, in, in the grand scheme. But it is, 
I think it is something that you have to kind of be wary of is these teams that aren't playing for anything. Um, Philly are, are not going to play with Embiid for the last seeding game tomorrow night or tonight. Um, and so it looks as though they're going to drop players. They dro- don't drop a place. They don't go any higher. So, it's, again, it's a, a kind of throwaway game for them. Uh, but Well, Ben Simmons, depending on how bad that is, how bad is his knee? So they've not really said. They've said he's had surgery. So I'd imagine it's pretty bad. Um, although I, would, they, I wouldn't play him. Yeah, I think it would be a risk. I mean, we've seen what's happened with Zion. Um, they, they tried to play Zion at the beginning of the season, at preseason, and he got injured in preseason So because um, they hadn't worked him out enough. Um, yeah. And then obviously he's come to the bubble and kind of fallen flat, even though the NBA were desperate to try and get him into the eighth seed uh, in the West um, just to get Zion in there. Um, Brad Steven. Well, Kevin Kevin Durant's a good example mm-hmm. there. Um, you know, I mean, he if we, in the playoffs, and if if we just held him out, um, he would he would have finished, I think. Yeah. But uh, they didn't. They brought him back just a little bit too soon. Now it's an entirely different situation. Yeah. That's the playoffs. But I think when you have a player like that, and if it's a knee, and given this weird 2020 year, um, I, I say no. Yeah, I'm, I'm with you. Um, I, I would leave it till next season. I don't think they have a strong enough team. Um, and I think the sooner Brett Brown moves on, or Philly move Brett Brown on, uh, probably the better. Um, he just doesn't seem to get a team to mesh together. Um, if that makes sense. Yeah, yeah he's got great components there. And Embiid's yeah, brilliant. He's got, he's got players. He's got players. And I, I always thought he, he, he kind of wasted J.J. Redick uh, for a lot of the time because he just brought him in and out all the time. He never really got to, to really get going. Um, and yeah. when he did, he did, but it was very few and far between. Yeah, J.J. Redick's one of those uh, rhythm yeah. players. He's, he's got to be on the court for a while, and when he is, man, look out. Well, very much like Joe Ingles. It, it's taken Joe, Joe yeah. Ingles about three or four games to get going in the bubble. Um, but once he got going, he hit, uh, I think it was six three-pointers um, the other night. So um, I, I, at one point, he'd, he'd shot five for five. So um, he was doing pretty well. Um, moving on to the Boston Celtics, um, who will probably play Philly. They're, even though they lost tonight, there was some good news for them. Their head coach, Brad Stevens, uh, signed uh, an extension. How, okay. However, there is absolutely no terms of this extension being released. Um, no length, no money, um, nothing. Um, obviously, last time he signed an extension, he got some wacky deal. Um, he got a big contract, a lot of years, and they... He, they gave him shares in the team. Um, so they gave him a lot, but this time it's, it's going to be hard to kind of compare um, because they, they don't seem to want to tell us what he's been offered. Um, I'd imagine it's a long, a long deal. I would imagine. I, I, I like him. He's, certainly, he's done a good job. I mean, he's done a great job with Boston, and I think if anything else, you just keep him away from other teams. Yeah, it's probably the way to go. Um, so we'll leave the, the NBA for, for the moment. I think the only thing I'll, I'll just touch on, just kind of games going on just now, is the Suns are looking like they're going to go unbeaten in the bubble. Uh, in this second quarter, they're up 41-31 against the Mavericks. Um, and the Grizzlies um, are beating the Bucks. 
uh, 46-39 at the moment as well. So um, that's just that's in the second quarter as well. So um, there's quite a lot of games to be played. The interesting one for me tonight was the Portland Trailblazers, Brooklyn Nets, because um, the Trailblazers can win that. They'll have uh, had a very successful bubble. Um, what we'll do is we'll finish on a lighter note um, and we'll go through our, I asked you to provide me with your power rankings of your top five sports films. Um, so it should be quite interesting to see how I match up against you. Um, so what is your number five? Number five, I would say is probably Bull Durham. Bull Durham. I, I love that film. I love that film. Um, yeah, good film. Kevin Costner, he, he's Kevin a big Costner. baseball fan. Um so yep. probably the right part for him. Um, I've not seen it in a while, uh, but a very good film. Uh, my number five um, was White Men Can't Jump. Oh, great film. And, and for the sole purposes, it was probably the first basketball film I seen. Probably not the right one for my age um, at the time, but it was the first one I'd seen. Uh, so what was your number four? Number four, I would say, is uh, I think A League of Their Own. Really? Wow. Really? Wow. I love that movie. My, and so my wife, Rachel, so my wife, loves Rachel. that film as well. Um, she's a huge, huge fan. Um, so she would probably have that number one um, because it's probably the only sports movie that she'd watch, uh, to be fair. Um, so it is a good movie. Tom Hanks, Madonna, um, Rosie O'Donnell. Um, there's a big cast in that one as well. Um, my yeah. number four um, is Blue Chips um, with, ah, with Shaquille O'Neal yeah, and Penny Hardaway. Um, I, only because Shaq's in it. I mean, Shaq is amazing. And obviously it goes into kind of behind the scenes of, of college basketball and backhanders and players getting paid but not getting paid kind of thing as well. So um, Nick Nolte is actually really good in that film. Um, yeah. Not, not a huge fan of Nick Nolte, but he, he is very, very good in that film. Um, what is your number three? Uh, 42. 42, yeah. I think earlier on I said 41, but yeah, it's 42. Um, you did. I didn't correct you. I was being courteous. <laughs> um, so, yeah, no, 42 is, is a cracking film. We, we talked about it at length um, earlier on. Uh, my number three is also a baseball movie. It's probably going to be an obvious one for you, uh, but Moneyball. <laughs> Love Moneyball. Uh, Moneyball, um, because I watched Moneyball, because we, we'd obviously planned to go to the Oakland A's game uh, well in advance. Um, I think it was about six months in advance. Um, and uh, before that, I watched Moneyball. Um, and wow, it is such a good movie to learn about the analytics and how the baseball works. It's a really good film, actually, for people that don't know anything about baseball but want to get into it because um, it, it really does show you um, how small market teams like Oakland um, can actually thrive in the major leagues. Well, Moneyball was pretty special to me, too, just because this is home. Yeah. You know, I mean, we we watched it. <laughs> we watched it before it was a movie. Before it was a movie, yeah. Uh, so uh, what is your number two? Number two. Now I've got two fantasies here. The Natural. The Natural. Um, yeah, I love The Natural. Um, didn't make my top five. Um, probably not far off, though. Um, really, really good film. Um, I, I just love the bit when he just swings the bat. And the ball just explodes off yeah. off the bat. 
Um, yeah. uh, there's a, a couple of really good iconic scenes there, hitting the lights and knocking them out and all that kind of stuff. So nah, it's, it's a cracking film. Uh, Robert Redford um, plays an awesome. uh, amazing um, part in that. Um, and Wilford Brimley, the coach, uh, he, he just recently passed away. Uh, okay. So a uh, b- bit more history. Um, so at number two uh, for me is uh, The Rookie. Uh, w- oh, yeah. with Dennis Quaid. Yeah. Um, so you yeah. and I watched this one together. Um, yeah, no, it's great. And one. yeah, um, again, a baseball movie, but it was one that really, it's just like a really nice story. It's always a Disney film as well. Um, but it's a true story, it's a too. true story that is just, it's really, really nice. It's kind of got a nice family feel to it. And obviously, it's great to see someone who thought they were past their prime. Um, uh, turn out and and actually get a major league contract from from nowhere. That that was a that was a good example of uh, where we started off today, mm-hmm. talking about what makes base why is why is baseball uh, so American? Why do Americans just love baseball so much? And I I think it's movies like that that explain it. Yeah, no, I, I totally agree. Um, like I say, I, I loved that yeah. film. Um, it, it did a did the sport a, a good service there. Um, and what is your top number one? Well, hands down, Field of Dreams. Field of Dreams. I, I thought you were going to go there. I'm going to be honest. Um, again, another Kevin Costner <laughs> film um, with uh, another actor of, uh, who I like, James Earl Jones. Um, but yep. yeah, Kevin Costner is outstanding. And it is, although I always think it's a film for seasoned baseball fans. Um, for sure. Because yeah. obviously, if, if you... If, you can say you can say old people like me, <laughs> aged people. Um, so <laughs> you can, yeah. It's, it's one of these. Uh, it's one of these films. Obviously, it goes into the history of baseball, which is also good. Um, and, and to be fair, I did look up players that that were in that film as well. So uh, my number one um, is actually a football film. Um, and Rudy. Rudy, yeah, you got it in one. Um, Rudy <laughs> is. It's you know what it was a film I watched as a kid uh, and it was absolutely outstanding um, it's got everything you want from a sports film um, and I think it probably has one of the best endings um, of a sports film as well um, yeah. when he just kind of he runs onto the field and he just looked like I'm nailed in I'm going for this I'm getting this quarterback down um, and yeah another true story another true story as well I mean probably a theme through mine, apart from my, my kind of bottom two, um, four and five. But yeah, um, it's, I think American sports films compared to British sports films um, are, are kind of night and day. There's, I think Amer- the way they make American sports films is there's a romance about the sport where I think in the UK, if you were to do one on soccer or something, um, it, it maybe doesn't translate quite as well. Um, but thank you so much for your, for your top five. Um, thank you so much for joining me on the show as my, my first ever guest. It's been great having you. Uh, it's been a pleasure. Uh, it's been a pleasure. Anytime. Yeah, and we'll definitely have you, you back on again, um, especially when we get closer to um, uh, Major League playoffs. Um, and we can uh, obviously talk, once we get NFL up and running, we can talk some football as well. So th- Sounds good. Thanks, James. Excellent. I'll catch you up later. Cheers, Joe. All right, Thanks. buddy. Uh-huh. Bye-bye. 
Right then, a big, huge thank you to Joe for joining me uh, for my very first interview on the podcast. Um, absolutely outstanding interview. Hope you guys have all enjoyed it. Uh, feel free to send uh, some feedback, uh, some comments, or even your power rankings uh, for your top five sports films. Uh, you can get me uh, on email, atp at cjd.me.uk. I search for us on Facebook, Across the Pond Sports Pod, and on Twitter at ATP Sports Pod. Um, great show um really enjoyed it hope you guys did too um and i will see you next week for just one show everyone have a good weekend thank you sports social podcast network